You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farah of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Psalms. It's an unhealthy fear in this respect, where you're afraid of God, you're always, you know, kind of on edge, not wanting to make Him angry. So when things go wrong and adversity strikes, we're in the middle of a trial, what is one of the thoughts that we conclude with? Oh, God must be mad at me. God must be punishing me. What does it mean to fear God? Do you feel like He's an angry father just watching for your failures and waiting for a chance to punish you? As Pastor J.D. explains in today's message, God is a loving, compassionate father. He sacrificed so much for you, and your sin only makes him angry because he's angry over what it's doing to you. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Psalms, chapter 119, with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Verse 120, and I want to draw your attention to this, and I want to talk about this. He says, My flesh trembles for fear of you. That's quite, ima- uh, the imagery is, is pretty intense. My flesh trembles for fear of you, and I am afraid of your judgments. In other words, the psalmist fears the Lord. And that's what this stanza is really about. And that's what I want to talk about briefly. It's probably as good of a place as any to sort of clarify what it really means to fear the Lord. And really, maybe even more importantly, what it does not mean, what fearing God does not mean. First, What does it mean to fear the Lord? We know in the Proverbs that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. To fear the Lord is to hate evil, which is what the psalmist is in effect saying here in his fear of the Lord. But the fear of the Lord is to have this deep reverence. I mean this this reverence for the holiness of, the majesty, the omnipotence, the omniscience, the omnipresence of Almighty God. It's to have this this awe, this trembling awe and fear of just the majesty of God. Who God is. He is Almighty God. He is Creator God. And you can go down this list ad infinitum, and it becomes this thing where you just revere Him. You know, I, I read some commentaries, and they all talk about and try to, and by the way, the English language, as faulty as it is, falls very short. There are other languages that have a, a more vast vocabulary with more words, better words to describe this. I know in the Arab uh, tongue there are words that are just, I mean, they're very descriptive. 
They're very passionate. They're very intense. You know, as rough sounding as the Arabic language is, it's actually a very passionate language. And this expression of ardent passion and fear and love and awe of God. So much so, think this through with me, so much so that we understand who He is and how mighty He is, how powerful He is, and we know what He's like. And we know that He hates sin. And we fear Him and His righteous judgment. It's a healthy fear. It's a different fear than those who do not know Him, do not have an intimate and close relationship with Him. You know, the more time you spend with somebody, the more you become like them. You become more like the people you spend the most time with. This is why it is that people who have a close walk with the Lord become more like the Lord, more Christ-like. And that's why it is that the fear of the Lord is to hate the things God hates. You know how it is when you love somebody, you're close to somebody, you like what they like. You hate what they hate. You're of one mind and one accord, and you're walking together in agreement, as it were. And that's what the fear of the Lord is in the best way that we could possibly understand it. It's to know who He is, and maybe I can say it this way, what He's capable of. This just came to me. I hope this is a good illustration. Lord, please help me out with this one. So I'm, I'm a little kid, and my parents take me to, at the time it was uh, where the World's Fair was, Expo uh, in 1974, the World's Fair in Spokane, Washington. And it was, uh, they built the World's Fair that year around these, uh, the Spokane Falls. It was, a, you know, it's a river, and during certain times of the year, the sound of the waterfall and the rushing River. I mean, it's it's. It, and I just remember as a little kid, I would I I was fearful. I mean, the sound of it. I just had this reverence for it, this awe of it, because I knew how powerful this was, and I had never really just the sound of it, and the the feel of it, and just knowing what this was capable of doing. You know, by the way not here on the islands, but on the mainland, that's where they get their power, is they harness the power of water. And so there's almost this fear, this healthy fear, if I can say it that way, of that which you know is powerful. And I see the same thing when it comes to our God who is all-powerful. That is, I hope that was helpful, but that's the best way. If you have a better way to describe the fear of God, please see me after the Bible study tonight. I would love to hear it. But what is the fear of the Lord not? 
The fear of the Lord is not being scared of God in the sense of, you know, we're always uh, walking on eggshells. Man, I don't want to, you know, I better read my Bible this week, or God's going to get mad and He's going to, you know, discipline me, and, you know, I better do this. That's not the relationship that God wants to have with us. Now, that's not to say that the wicked who don't fear God should fear God, rightfully so, and the judgments of God, because God will come as judge. So that is a healthy fear in that respect, but it's an unhealthy fear in this respect, where you're afraid of God, you're always, you know, kind of on edge, not wanting to make Him angry. So when things go wrong and adversity strikes, we're in the middle of a trial, what is one of the thoughts that we conclude with? Oh, God must be mad at me. God must be punishing me. God's really angry. I better better keep my distance. You know, I had a a very unhealthy, I mean, I loved my dad growing up, but I had a very unhealthy relationship with him because he was always angry with me. And whenever he was angry with me, which was all the time, because I was such a not good kid. (laughs) I mean, he had good reason to be, but I always, you know, was uptight around him because I didn't want to make him mad. And I knew if I made him mad, man, I was going to get it. And so whenever he was mad at me, I always tried to keep my distance from him. So I would, you know, try to sleep in and not wake up until he left. And then I would always try to go to bed early at night before he came home, so I wouldn't have to be around him. And you know what's really been hard for me, especially early on in my Christian walk, was not viewing my heavenly father through the lens of my earthly father. And it was over a period of time where God, just in his grace and his love, just loved on me and just had to reinforce. Talk about the word of God being a light under my path. This really shed light on it. You know, Romans 8, if this is an issue for you, I really encourage you to spend some time in Romans chapter 8. It starts off verse 1, which is a game changer. There is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. Translated, God's not mad at you anymore. He took all of his anger, all of his wrath, and he put it on Jesus Christ almost 2,000 years ago on the cross, and he paid for all the sin. Think of it this way. There's nothing you can do to make God love you less. Never imagine God is... See, the enemy wants you to think God is always angry with you because the enemy's goal is to get you to distance yourself from God. And if he can get you to think that God is mad at you, I've had it up to here with you. How many times I, I've told you till my, I'm blue in the face and you did it again. That's it. I've had it with you. So, and again, we, we, you know, look at our heavenly father through the lens of our earthly father. I was just talking to a brother on the phone on the mainland this last week. We were, you know, talking about how we as fathers are the representation of our Heavenly Father to our children. And I was sharing with him about a, a situation where I just kind of lost it, got in the flesh, and I got really mad at Sabia for something she did. 
I'm yelling at her, you know, in Jesus' name. <laughs> I mean, I'm just totally letting her have it. So angry, you know. Can't believe it. Somebody and I walk upstairs, you know, it's at night, and the Holy Spirit let me, oh, I went about four minutes. You ever had this happen, parent? And I mean, the Holy Spirit's going, wow, really? How do you feel about that right now? I just, I feel horrible. I was just mortified. And I just, I walked back downstairs, and there she is crying on the bed. That made me even feel more horrible. And I sat down on the bed, and I just said, listen, will you forgive me? I am so sorry that I did that. And I thought about that, and I thought, you know, that is a good representation of what our Heavenly Father is like, you know. Love covers a multitude of sins. And when I did that, I mean, it just changed the whole dynamic. And the whole, and you know, she said to me, she said, I knew you were going to come back downstairs. <laughs> I know you can never go to sleep when you're angry, you know, let the sun go down on your anger. I knew you'd come down. I said, oh really? Okay. So then we hugged it out, prayed it out, and it was all good. I guess what I'm trying to say is, is that the enemy is all about trying to get us to think that God is just this, you know, he's got a short fuse. You know, he's always angry at us. And then, and then all of a sudden, our relationship with him is not one of love and acceptance, but now it's one of fear and rejection. Perfect love casts out fear. You know what that means? I, I always struggle with that verse uh, as a young Christian until I, I heard it taught the right way when somebody finally rightly divided the Word of God. Basically it means this, you will not be afraid of God if you knew just how much He loves you. He loves you with a perfect love and unfailing love. And perfect love casts out fear, where you're not walking around always on edge, uptight, on eggshells. Oh man, I better watch my P's and Q's. By the way, you know, I, I finally figured out, I think what I uh, know what that, you know those, those sayings, we, we say them, have no idea how they ever came about. I'm pretty sure, now I've heard it said two ways, uh, one way is watch your P's and Q's means, this is no extra charge by the way, I'm just a little <laughs> side note here, uh, watch your pints and quarts when you go drinking. Then I had somebody comment online when I shared that one time, said no it doesn't, doesn't mean that, it means watch your pennies and quarters. I think it's pints and quarts, don't you? <laughs> watch your P's and Q's. Anyway, Whatever it is, the point is, is that God does not want this relationship with us where we're always, you know, kind of on edge like that. Because that's not who He is. That's not what the fear of the Lord is. The fear of the Lord is this reverent awe of who God is and what God is capable of. You know, there's this passage in Exodus, it's in the 34th chapter, verses 5 through 7. And let me just kind of set the stage just real quick here. So 
Moses is on Mount Sinai. And God is now going to appear to Moses. And it says, verse 5, Now the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there, speaking of Moses, and proclaimed the name of the Lord. In other words, the nature of the Lord. The nature, the characteristics of who God is. In other words, Moses, this is who I am. This is what I'm like. You want to know what I'm like? This is what I'm like. This is my nature. This is my character. So the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and the fourth generation. I knew that when I quoted this verse, I was going to have to deal with the elephant in the room. And let me explain. The elephant in the room is what you probably heard as generational curses. God visits the iniquities of the fathers on the children under the second and third generation, the sins of the fathers. That's not what I just read. What I just read is he visits the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and the fourth generation. Those generational sins, oh, he visits them because he's merciful, gracious, long-suffering, abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. In other words, he's visiting the iniquity because he's gracious and he's merciful. You want to know what I'm like? I'm a gracious God. I'm a merciful God. I'm a long-suffering. I'm a forgiving God. I'm a God that is slow to anger. I'm a compassionate God. I think about when God commanded Moses to have Aaron speak to the children of Israel every time they would come to the tent of meeting, sometimes more than once a day, several times a day, he wanted to pronounce on them, not a curse, but a blessing. I'm not angry with them. (laughs) You're angry with them. (laughs) I think about anyway, I'm not going to get off on that. Oh, how many pastors needed to hear the need to hear this. I needed to hear this. I'm not proud to say this, but many years ago on the mainland, I needed to hear this, that as a pastor, I'm a representation of God. I represent Him. I want to be a good advertisement for the Lord, don't you? You know what I mean? But I hope it's not a crass way to say it. But I think sometimes Christians are really bad advertising for God. (laughs) We're not good advertisements as representatives of what God is like. God is loving. God is kind. God is merciful. God is gracious. He wanted the Israelites to know that He wanted to bless them and keep them and make His face to shine upon them and lift up His countenance to them and be gracious to them and give them peace. And he wanted to put his name on them, his nature on them, 
his name of ownership on them, the highest honor in the Middle Eastern culture to this day is to put your name on someone, your name, your nature on them. That's what God's like. And the fear of the Lord is to fear in awe and reverence this God who is so merciful and so gracious and so long-suffering and so good, so abounding in goodness, so merciful and so forgiving. That's the God that we are in awe of. Verse 121, I have done justice and righteousness. Do not leave me to my oppressors. Be surety for your servant for good. Do not let the proud oppress me. Again, another possible explanation as to what his affliction was and who it was from. He says, verse 123, My eyes fail from seeking your salvation and your righteous word. Deal with your servant according to your mercy. By the way, nothing wrong with that. You know when you pray and you remind God, it's not like, God, did you forget that you're merciful? No, there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, throughout the scriptures, even in the Psalms, we saw it, and we'll probably see it again. Remember your word to your servant, for it has given me hope. It's not like, God, did you forget that word, that hope that you gave me? Did did you forget that you're a merciful? You, You said you're merciful, God. It's not like you're testing him or questioning him or reminding him. No, it's like this. It's like, Lord, you're a merciful God. And you said that you would be merciful to me. So deal with your servant according to your mercy, the mercy you said you would have on me. That's a good way to pray, by the way very specific way to pray. And then he says, teach me your statutes. And then he says, verse 125, I am your servant. Give me understanding that I may know your testimonies. It is time for you to act, O Lord. I love it when David in an earlier psalm says, Lord, you need to, this is a loose paraphrase, Lord, you need to do something, and don't take too long. (laughs) Don't delay. (laughs) You need to do it now. Please don't wait any longer. You need to act, O Lord. Why? Oh, for they have regarded your law as void, and that's not okay. You need to act, Lord. You need to do something, Lord. Thanks for taking the time to listen today to In Spirit and Truth. Pastor J.D. has been taking us through the book of Psalms, detailing the author's messages of hope and pain, joy and sorrow. You may have found today that you identified with the sentiments expressed in today's passage. And if that's the case, we encourage you to explore more. Dive into the Word yourself and ask God to reveal additional love and personal truth that He knows you need to hear today. If you'd like to hear more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings in Psalms 2, you can find them online at inspiritandtruthradio.com. Are you a part of a community of believers? 
if you haven't yet found a church that you can call home, we'd like to urge you to remedy that soon. A church family can be a source of support, a cheering squad, and most importantly, a group of faithful prayer warriors. This is also a place you can give of your unique talents in support of others as well. If you're in the Kaneohe area, you have a standing invitation to be part of our family of believers. Come join Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find out more at our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. There's a lot to discover at our website, including a link to our mobile app, social media pages, and Pastor J.D.'s Mideast Prophecy Updates. That website, one more time, is inspiritandtruthradio.com. That's all we have for today. Join us next time to continue learning from the book of Psalms, right here on In Spirit and Truth. <laughs> 